If we were to take a poll around the room, and I'm not going to make us do this, but if I, we were to take a poll around the room, I think we would probably be all over the place on our uh, relationship to prayer. Some of you all in this room are probably really great prayer warriors. I, I know some of you are prayer warriors. I've seen and talked to you about some of your prayer lives, and some of you probably even have the prayer closets in your house, and I wish I had a place to do that myself. Uh, some of you in this room are probably like that group we talked about two weeks ago, the last time we were able to have church. By the way, who actually went to church somewhere else last week? Anybody? I did. Anybody else? Yeah. Losers. Come on. Do you all not love Jesus? I'm just kidding. I don't blame you. Stay in the house. Anyways, um, some of us in this room probably would say we rarely pray, at least outside of Sundays uh, or outside of a church group. But most of us in this room, I would guess, would say it's complicated. That's how I would define my life with prayer. It's complicated. We have these seasons where prayer is like super vibrant. Things are just feeling like you're clicking with God. And then other seasons where it's just monotony. You know, we don't feel like God's listening or we're not connected at all with God. So we might pull back on prayer for a while. That, that's how I have been with my prayer life pretty much my whole adult life. And full transparency, prayer is probably for me one of the hardest spiritual disciplines. You know, it's easy to read scripture and get immediate feedback. You know what you're reading. But prayer sometimes, it just feels like it's not getting above the ceiling. So I have to make a serious effort sometimes to pray. So we have these drastic swings, though, between vibrancy and between monotony yet when you read scripture there is no question jesus expects us to pray it's not a maybe you should pray or pray when things are going bad it's an expectation that we have a prayer life a regular prayer life we see that in his example he would go all the time away from the disciples and away from the crowds just to speak speak to the father we, we see as we read in Matthew 6, as it's leading up to the Lord's Prayer, that there's not a question. He doesn't say, if you pray. He says, when you pray. It is an expectation that we pray. So if you've been around church for any amount of time, you know that we often teach on the importance of prayer and the importance of, of prayer or spiritual disciplines and having these prayer habits. Yet it's often that habit that drives us into this monotony or that drives us into this feeling where it's not very effective in what we're doing. So it's kind of a catch-22 because as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, hope is in holy habits. We build these habits and that's what draws us closer to God and helps us to be conformed and transformed into His image. So we talked about how we need a change in perspective of what prayer really is. And if you missed that message two weeks ago, it's online. Go back and watch that to catch up. But maybe it's more than just a change in perspective that we need. Maybe we need a change in practice as well. We need a practical change in how we approach prayer, how we go from it just being this rote thing, this monotonous, to where it's a relationship with God. How we go from where it's just a routine to where 
Our prayer life is a real thing where we feel communication and we know there's communication with our God. We have a lot of parents in the room. If you're like us, we try to build those prayer habits for our children. So we sit around the table just like a lot of you all probably do and we have our children say the blessing over, over the dinner. Our children's blessing is Braxton. You want to say it? Our dinner blessing that you all say every night. We always say, bless the... Well, okay, we have changed it recently, and I'll get into that in a second. <laughs> Our routine was bless the food before us, the family beside us, and the love between us. Isn't that a beautiful prayer that we saw on a sign at a restaurant and just thought that was awesome? <laughs> we thought that was an easy way to build a habit, so we started doing that. It's probably been two years now, a year. It's been a while. We saw it at a restaurant and thought, hey, that's cool. Who all has that habit where you are teaching your children to pray? So we give them, well, you all will know this prayer because we all pray this prayer. We always start it, dear Lord, thank you for this day, typically. We always thank the Lord for the day, don't we? That how a, at least a good Southern Baptist, we thank you for this food that you've put before us and the hands that prepared it. I've always wondered if you're the one who prepared the food, is that a self-serving prayer? Or what if, uh, I saw another preacher ask this question, what if no hands prepared the food? What if it's a TV dinner or something like that? I guess you stick it in the microwave, some hands prepared the food. We ask you to bless this food to our bodies, even when we're at Krispy Kreme. And strengthen us for your service. In Jesus' name, amen. Who prays a prayer similar to that over meals or has? That just calls down power from heaven, doesn't it? That is a God moment that you have with your children. It's just a rote prayer that we, we usually say. We could probably all recite the Lord's Prayer, I'm guessing. At least some version of it. There's different versions in every version of the Bible. So let's recite it together. Whatever version, if you've memorized it, recite whatever version you know. The wording may be different than what I have learned, and let's just try our best. Our Father, come on. hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. And then some of us add, that's the one. Amen. Not everybody does that last for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. But most of us do because we've learned that prayer. They become kind of rote prayers. Holy habits, if you think about it, they're not really habits. They're, they're spiritual practices or disciplines that we do. Because when you think about what a habit is, a habit is really something that takes no thought. I mean, how much thought do you put into brushing your teeth? It's usually just a habit. I mean, hopefully you have that habit. But how many, I mean, does it really take any thought to do that? I remember when we started this a couple of weeks ago, I said, how many of you drive here or drive to your workplace and don't even remember driving there? I do that all the time because it, that tra the 
track that I take every day is the same. So I don't have to think about it very often. Habits are things that we put no thought into, but practices, they have to be done with intention. It's habits that we take and intentionally apply. It's like, has it ever bothered anyone when a doctor talks about their practice? Just me, you think, I don't want you practicing on me. But really, when you think about what it means, it means they're taking the knowledge and the habits that they've learned through med school and the years of doing med work, and they are practicing those on us. They're putting it into intentional practice. Because all of us, we may have the same diagnosis, but the treatment will be different. So doctors have to have intentionality and how they approach every single patient. It can't just be walking through it like nothing and you don't even think about it. Although some doctors may do that, and maybe you have one. There are values in building those habits, though. I, I think there is great value in my children seeing this regular habit of prayer. There, there's great value in building this regular time of day where you pray, whether it's opening your day in prayer or closing your day in prayer. But when that prayer is without intention... That prayer is without power. It's just words that we say. So do we want an ordinary faith where we're just like walking through life where everything's just kind of ordinary? Or do you want a powerful faith where God's actually doing something in your life and you are experiencing that? It's the difference between monotony or moving mountains. Because Scripture teaches us that a strong faith can move mountains. Even just a little faith can move mountains. Matthew chapter 6. The passage we've been in for the last few weeks. Jesus opens this section. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their award. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So, so Jesus, as He is moving to this section of Scripture this teaching that he's doing. He speaks to this idea of routine because at that time, it was routine for prayer to happen on street corners and in synagogues. That's where everybody prayed. And he's saying, don't be like the hypocrites who are praying out there so that everybody can see the prayer happening. Their whole reason is so that people think, oh, they're good, godly people. He says, go to your secret place. Pray in secret to your God. And he'll see it, and he will answer it. He's not saying that we should not pray as a group. Scripture clearly teaches that, that corporate prayer as a group of believers is vital to our faith. But he is saying that when that's all it is, then you're probably not living out your faith. You're just like the hypocrites. And he says, don't heap up empty words like the Gentiles. 
you know, those rote prayers that we just memorized that are just a bunch of empty words that we don't know what half of them mean, probably. He's saying, don't do that. And then, towards the end of that section, he has this phrase that alone, this phrase, should transform your prayer life. It should take it from monotonous to powerful when you think about what he says. Because it will raise a question and it will make you, should make us change our approach. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Now the question that raises is what's the point of asking, right? He already knows what I need, so why do I need to go to Him in prayer? And that changes our perspective on prayer from this thing where we go and ask for things to where our goal in prayer is to grow closer to God and to be aligned with Him and His will. It's not some genie in a bottle that we are expressing our wishes to. It is, God, this is what I want, but align me with Your will. Help me in this, Lord, so that I am following You the way You want me to follow You. It's a total change in the way that we approach prayer. We pray because our Father has given us the opportunity to be in dialogue with Him. We pray because He has given us this opportunity to call on heaven for whatever you're dealing with in your life. You may have had conversations with people in your life through the years when you're dealing with something that they know all that's going on, but you still get it out. And something... When you get it out, slap him, wake him up. When you get it out, it just makes you feel better. It just, when someone else is in the situation with you, it changes things. When God is in the situation with you, he's already in the situation, but when you acknowledge that, it changes everything. Verse 9. Pray then like this. The prayer we just recited. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus gives this model prayer. It's not necessarily a prayer that you're meant to recite. There's nothing wrong with reciting the prayer. But it's not just a prayer that we are told to wake up daily and just say this prayer. This is not your prayer life. It is a model of how we should pray. There's nothing ordinary in this prayer. There's nothing monotonous about the model of prayer. It's quite the opposite. Because when you really pay attention to what Jesus is saying, this prayer is filled with a relationship with God. This prayer is filled with worship of our God. This prayer is filled with humility by confessing to our God. And this prayer is filled with a love between you and your Heavenly Father. Nothing ordinary about it. It's not just words. But just words is exactly what many of our prayers have become. Maybe your prayer life is monotonous. And you say the same thing every single time you pray. 
And it just feels like God's not there. It causes us to have a lack of faith, a lack of authenticity. We lack this awareness of God's presence. We lack any sort of boldness in our prayer. Because we just say the same things over and over and over again. There's no intention behind it. It's just what we've learned. So let's talk about some practical change. How we can move from ordinary to powerful. This life-changing, bold kind of prayer that lines us up with His will. And not just words that we say. So we're going to talk about some ordinary prayers that most of us probably pray and how we can look at those a little bit differently. One of the most common prayers that people pray, and maybe you do, because I've prayed this ever since I've been a Christian, Lord, would you please bless me and bless my family? If you're honest, I bet you pray that prayer quite often, or whatever situation it may be. Lord, would you bless this would you bless them would you bless lord would you bless would you bless would you bless we pray that so often but when you read in ephesians chapter 1 it says all praise to god the father our lord jesus christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with christ where is the power in asking for what you already have You've already been blessed. You are living in the blessing of God. If you are a believer in Jesus, you are blessed. What more can there be in that? This model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, comes in a section of Scripture we know as the Sermon on the Mount. You know how the Sermon on the Mount begins? If you don't know it very well, it begins with, Blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who are hunger and thirst for righteousness, blessed are the merciful, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are, because you're blessed. He begins this with, you are blessed. So shouldn't we approach him every day in the reality that we are living in this blessing? Usually when we ask for blessing, it's more of a, Lord, would you give me a material blessing? Would you give me this or give me that? But you are living in a heavenly blessing every breath that you take. Shouldn't we approach Him with that and realize that it's not just this Hail Mary that we have to throw to God when the situation gets bad. We are living in the reality of His blessing every single moment. So maybe a more powerful approach would be God... Thank you so much for your blessing. God, thank you for X, whatever it is in your life. And maybe there's a certain area where you're asking for a special blessing. That, I'm not saying that's a wrong thing to do. So you ask, God, would you, would you be present and bless this particular situation? I need this, God, or they need this, or this situation needs this. And then God, let me be a blessing to those without Christ and those who are in need. See how that's more powerful than God, would you bless me today? 
There's intentionality behind it. We are intentionally thanking God for blessing. We are intentionally speaking God into certain situations, and we are intentionally asking God to align us so that we can be blessings to other people. It's a, it's a different mindset that changes the power that you live your faith in. Here's another common one, and this one's super common for me. You have heard me say this prayer, Lord, be with us today. Yet in Galatians 2, Paul says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We are again in reality here asking for what we already have. There's no faith in that. There's no power in that because you are indwelt by the Spirit of God if you are a believer. So when we say, hey, Jesus, will you be with me today? His response is basically, um, I live there. I'm already there. What are you talking about? But we ask him all the time. We pray for his presence, even over church gatherings. But his presence is always here when there are believers present because we are the temple of the living God. Maybe a more powerful prayer is this. And this is how I have begun to pray this prayer. And I'm telling you, it's changed perspective for me. Not, Lord, will you be with me, but, Lord, help me to be aware of your presence. To know that every step I take, you're there. That every tear I shed, you're there. That every, every laugh I have, you are there. Help me to be aware of your presence. Help me to live in the reality of that presence to know that I'm never alone, even when I feel alone. And embolden me as you live through me, God. Help me to walk in your steps. Do you see how much more power is in that approach? The intentionality. I'm not just saying, hey, will you be with me today, God? But saying, I know you're here. Help me, Lord, to be in tune with you. Give me awareness of that. Another prayer that we pray often. This one might make a few of you mad. Lord, watch over and protect us. We pray that so much. I mean, full transparency, every time we go on a road trip, we pray that in the car before we leave. Lord, help us to get there safely. But when you think about that, it really relates to what we want out of life. What do you want out of your faith? Do you want just a life that's safe and secure? Or do you want a powerful life that's on mission for Christ? Because if you're just wanting to live in safety and security, you can't be on mission. Because it, faith can be a dangerous thing. You just look at the examples in Scripture. Passage we looked at a couple of weeks ago, Acts chapter 29, as the church is facing this threat because they don't want the gospel preached. Their prayer was this, And now, O Lord, hear their threats. 
and give us, your servants, safety and protection. Now, that's not what they pray. And give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They never asked for protection. They asked for power. I mean, if you read through the book of Acts, there's no protection. God's there. He's protecting them spiritually, but He's not protecting them physically. Stephen was stoned to death. Paul was shipwrecked. They were all scattered around the world. And you get to the end of the book and most of the the heroes of the story of Acts are dead. They were never praying, God, protect us. They prayed, God, let us be a part of the mission. Use us to do something amazing. Wherever you put us, use us. Now, they never said, hey, God, you know, I want to die for the mission. They never said, God, just protect me. They said, use me, empower me, embolden me. Could it be that the emphasis on safety and security could rob you of something amazing if your prayer for safety is answered? Could it be that God is wanting to put you somewhere where He can work through you in such a powerful way that it will blow the minds of everyone around, but if He answers your prayer for safety, it kills that. Maybe a more powerful way Acknowledging that we are already in His presence, Lord, we commit our way to You. Whatever You want from me today, God, it's Yours. Wherever You want me to go, whoever You want me to be in front of, I'm Yours. Empower me in the Spirit to accomplish Your purposes, not mine. You see the difference in that. It changes when we have intentionality and not just words. There is nothing wrong with any of those prayers that I said. As long as there's intentionality in the way you're praying them. There are times when you should pray for God to protect you or your loved ones. There's nothing wrong with that. But never at the expense of being a part of the mission. There are times where you pray for specific blessing. There's nothing wrong with that. There are times where you need God to to reveal His presence to you in a stronger, more powerful way. There's nothing wrong with that. But why do you pray then? Why do you pray the prayers that you pray? Are they intentional? Or is it just something you've learned? And you just repeat over and over and over again with no intentionality behind it. Why do you pray whatever you pray on a regular basis? Are you really seeking God's power? Or is it just routine? There must be intention in our prayer. Or it's just words. It's just heaping up empty words 
standing on the street corners and in the synagogues like the hypocrites, praying prayers, whatever, maybe hoping that God hears it, but there's nothing intentional behind it. We close this morning. I'm going to ask you where you're at to bow your heads. And this morning, if, if God has exposed to you some area of your prayer life that is unintentional, that's just rote or religion, confess that to Him. Think about your prayer life. And right now where you're at, say a prayer to God in power and not just out of repetition. God doesn't just want empty words from us. He wants to conform you into His image. He says, be holy because I am holy. If you are a believer, you are set apart. And he wants an intimate relationship with you as your Heavenly Father. Are you relying on the power of the indwelling of the Spirit within you? Or are you relying on your own ways? Are your spirits, are your, your prayers spirit-filled? Or are they just filled by your own selfishness? He wants a relationship. He offers that to us. But to some of you in this room, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And if you do pray, if you pray and you don't know Him, they are just words. He answers the prayers of His children. And maybe today you, you know you are not one of His children. And He provided a way for you to be in that relationship with Him when Jesus Christ went to the cross. And if you want to commit your life to following Jesus today, you can do it right now in this moment by just saying a genuine, intentional prayer to God, saying, Lord, I am yours. Please save me. I confess to you that I'm a sinner. Say, I am going to follow you the rest of my life. And if you pray something like that this morning, you have entered into a relationship with Christ, and you are instantly indwelled by the power of the Spirit.